Welcome to A Culture of the Supernatural. Hi, this is Apostle Jonathan Bird. Using my experience as a springboard, I want to share with you steps that you can take to begin the process of walking in the supernatural. Amazing progress can be made by both men and women who are willing to be discipled. True freedom is a result of understanding and receiving the truth about yourself and your creator. Come and join with me in today's message. You cannot have authentic Christianity if you take away the supernatural. Because then the next question has to be, then, how was you saved? Was the resurrection from the dead? Did it happen on an elevator? How did it happen? We have gotten to a place in our society where the church has become so relevant, and you need both of them. You need to be relevant and supernatural. But when you become so relevant, you're leaving out the supernatural. When you become so contextual, in your speech and in your talking and your message where it has no place for the supernatural, you are nothing more than religious and carnal. How do you talk to people and tell people about a God that is not supernatural? Never deliver people from something unless you are willing to deliver them to something. An uncontested enemy will always prosper in your life. An uncontested enemy will always prosper in your life. To live in the supernatural, you have to think from another place. To live in the supernatural, you have to think from another place. Those without your memories cannot feel your pain. Always remember that when you're ministering to people. Those without their memory, if you don't have their memories, you'll never be able to feel their pain. And that's why it takes a supernatural. You have to pull something out of the unseen realm into the realm of where they are that is going to bring deliverance and healing to them. Jesus did it all the time. Faith always attracts the realm of the supernatural. We're going to begin with that. Faith always attracts the realm of the supernatural. Warfare. Warfare always surrounds the birthing of a miracle. So if you're going through hell, you're on the, you're on the bridge of your breakthrough. If you are experiencing a lot of warfare, you're right there. Why? Because warfare always surrounds the birthing of a miracle. Those who live in the blessing don't need a miracle. It's only those who don't. I'll tell you a story about a man who had a son who uh, had a horrible uh, disease in his body. And uh, the doctors told him that they still needed like $307,000 in order for them to put their son through the procedures. The insurance had paid his max. Well, the man was in a prayer group and uh, he, he, he let the request be known and everybody just said, we're going to pray for you. And on the way out to the car, a woman caught up to him and she said, I just want you to know I'm praying for your son. And, and she says, here's my number. And she gave the man the paper. The man put the, the, the paper in his pocket, and on his way home, just happened to look at the paper, and there was a check for $325,000. The Christian life is not a difficult life to live. It's an impossible life to live. Jesus was the only person that could live 110% a Christian life. He lived without sin in his life. Can anyone else here say that? Only kings make decree. Everybody else has a voting system. 
And the scripture says that you are kings and priests. You are a kingdom of priests unto our God. Only kings make decrees. Presidents, senators, house representatives, and the rest, Congress, all they do is pass laws and enforce laws. But only kings, you're the only people on the planet that can make a decree. Somebody say amen. Jesus said, those who hunger and thirst shall be filled. Satan will never let you have peace in your life. He will always try to draw you out to the battlefield. Always. He's an adversary. So remember, every miracle begins with a what? Conversation. Jesus always started a conversation before performing a miracle. He would ask them, uh, uh, he would always ask them questions, and then he would give them instructions. Go show yourself to the priest. Go wash in the pool of Siloam. He would always do things like that. Greatness is simply fulfilling God's expectation of you. That's what greatness is. Parasites want what's in your hand. The broken want what's in your heart. Your understanding of God determines your message that you will deliver to people. If you tell people that God is a good God, but, you know, God will deal with you and God will judge with you and, and on and on the story goes, if that becomes your message to people about God, you are still carnal and sold on the sin. So, so the question has to be, how do we put ourselves in this religious box? And Apostle Soul is absolutely right. There's a movement that is happening across our, our world right now of establishing the supernatural. I said there's a rising movement that is taking place. And there's a great battle going on. So, please turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Paul the Apostle says, Romans 12 verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world. So in other words, Paul said, don't be conformed to the world that I've delivered you out of. So God has translated us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. So there is something that has taken place. Now keep in mind, he said that we were translated from one kingdom to another kingdom. Do you understand that? Now you, you have to keep that in mind because if you lose that perspective, then, then your language won't sound like what your heart says it believes. So, so Paul writes in the book of Colossians that he has delivered us or he, he's conveyed us, he's translated us from the, the powers or the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his beloved son. So then there's a kingdom. There's a kingdom that has a culture. There's a king that has a language. And that you should have as well. When God came to Abram in Genesis 17, verse 5, let me read it to you from the Message Bible. Genesis 17, verse 5, from the Message Bible. Then the Lord said to him, he says, this is my covenant with you. You'll be a father of many nations. Your name will no longer be Abram, but Abraham, meaning I am making you the father of many nations, and I'll make you a father of fathers, and I'll make nations from you, and kings will be issued from you. 
Now, that doesn't sound very reasonable or practical or probable to you from where you sit. That's the problem. That's the problem. We are seated in heavenly places. What does that mean? We are seated in an ascended place where we have been elevated. It's not you're going to be seated there. You are seated there in heavenly, and then it says places, plural. So you are seated in heavenly places. And so then the Bible tells us to set our mind from the place we are set. And you often heard me say that things look different from the air than they do the sidewalk. And so if that is true, and it is true, and God said this, here's the covenant. The covenant is I'll make you a father of fathers, and I see that in the apostle in this house. And I'll make nations from you, and kings will be issued from you. That's not impossible. Why? Because we are a kingdom of priests. We are priests and kings unto our God, Revelation 1.6. God's kingdom has a culture. Everybody know that? God's kingdom has a culture, and it is a supernatural culture. Our primary citizenship is no longer earth, but heaven. Dual citizenship. Now remember, I said the last time I was here that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. In other words, in other words, you are something that this planet has never seen before. Angels are still looking into this thing of what God has done. But when you become so common, God had to straight Peter's thinking out. He was up on a roof one day and he, he was hungry. He was waiting for the servants to fix his lunch and a vision. Coming, the sheep came down and had all these animals according to the Jewish tradition that he wasn't supposed to eat. And Peter rises up, God tell him to eat peace. Oh no, God, I won't do that. He says, I won't eat. And so then God corrects Peter's thinking. He says, Peter, he says, What I have cleansed, don't you call common? Don't you call it common? Do you understand that? Now, see, when we start thinking from this place, it begins to shift what we think about people. It begins to shift how we say things about people. And it begins to shift how we are hurting ourselves because of how we think about people. You see? And then we, we wonder why the struggle is so hard. Because we have one side of the church that's double-minded. We have the other side of the church trying to live kingdom. And so how can two walk together? How can they build together unless they both agree? You see, the Bible says that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of you. All God wants me to do and he wants you to do is to believe it. But I cannot believe what has not consumed the way I think. You can't contain anything in your heart that your mind has not been convinced of. You, your mind has to, Paul the apostle says, your mind had to be persuaded. So as we move into our understanding of kingdom culture, relating to supernatural power, I pray that our conversations, manner of lifestyle, becomes that of heaven. So we must think differently if we want to see different results. You don't have to try to make miracles and signs and wonders, and we'll talk about those, because all of those have different functions. And, and as we go along in the next couple of weeks, we will get down 
uh, to how they function. Why Jesus said no sign will be given to this generation. Why signs, marvels, and wonders will accompany those who believe. So the kingdom of God arrives at a place, at a place and a people by divine assignment. The kingdom of God arrives at a place and a people by divine assignment. There is a movement when an invitation into a new level will happen. In other words, whenever God begins to start a movement, there's always an invitation to come to a new level, a new place in your thinking, a new place in your walk, a new place in your ministry, a new place in your heart. So we see that there's an invitation that is taking place. It is the place where faith meets the supernatural power of God. You can do nothing without faith. You have to have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to even perform the impossible. So you have to have faith. So it is the place where faith meets the supernatural. So the next few weeks, I'm going to be ministering to you about shifting the way we think, getting a paradigm shift. And some of us have been this way for a long, long time. It only means it's going to take that long to do it, but it is going to take some time for you to break some habits and circumstances and, 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 and situations uh, that affects you every day. As a man thinketh, as a woman thinks in their heart, so are you. So if you never think that you are this supernatural person, and if you never think that the attributes of the Holy Spirit and the attributes of God can never live in your life or function through your life, then you will never perform them. You can have faith until you turn purple in the face and say you have it, but nothing will ever happen. I would never give a dime to any ministry if I didn't have faith to believe for it. I wouldn't let them talk me out of one dollar. So, it, it is the place where faith meets supernatural power. It is the place where you forgot those things. See, when you, when you begin to live in the supernatural, you forget those things which are behind. And you start reaching into the rim, in the unseen rim, and you start reaching into that place. And so you forget those things. You know, I often tell people, you know, that God, you know, God often forgets what people remember. People always remember your sin, but God don't. And we're going to be talking about in the process of renewing your mind to enter into the supernatural and to live and to walk in the spirit and live in the prophetic. In order for that to take place, there's what we're going to be calling neuroscience. And, and that is a pattern of thinking that forms around your heart and your mind. And what it does, it always causes you to remember people from where the first time you met them. And you build a stronghold around those thoughts. I don't care. You can be born again forever and ever and ever, and people will still remember, that guy's do gym ministry. He's smiling because he knows it's true. You see why? And every time they do that, they put the blood on trial. They judge the blood, the blood of Jesus. You see, they judge that blood like it never changed you, it never cleansed you, it never delivered you, it never set you free, it never translated you, so they are still carnal, sown under sin. Maybe that'll help some of us begin to start watching how we talk. Watching how we talk and watching how we think, because as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. 
So it is the place where you forget those things which are behind you and you reach forward, forward, you reach upward into the unseen realm and you bring out of the invisible realm into this realm and you make it and you put it where it needs to be. That's what Jesus did all the time. This is Apostle Bird. So glad that you tuned into the podcast. I'm looking forward to you enjoying it again. Come with us soon and meet us with our next Supernatural Podcast. God bless you.